G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. This week, uh, returning co-creator of the podcast, former co-host, I guess, mm-hmm. Kays, welcome back to the studio. Co-creator sounds quite cool. Well, you were the co-creator. We created, it's true, but we it's, created it together. I don't think we've ever... Referred to ourselves as co-creators. Because well, we've always been co-hosts. <laughs> That's true. You know? Now That's we true. can't call you a co-host anymore. Now I'm so a special guest. You are a special guest. Yeah. Hell yeah. The specialist of guests, really. It's really true. You are on the Hall of Fame. You're the first one there, I think. So. Yep. Me. <laughs> me apart myself, Me, course. Ben Keys. <laughs> maybe you in third. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back. What's been going on, mate? How's your off-season been? You, have, uh, you quit the group chat. You ranted the group chat. You've decided. You've quit fantasy. You're back in fantasy now. What's the go? Yeah. So, it's been a whirlwind over the last, you know, four or five months. Uh, fantasy point, Fantasy-wise, yes, quit the group chat. Uh, potentially, you know, um, rescinded my fantasy license as well but uh no i'm back i uh, got talked around nice little couple months off just the chat and uh who would have thought that i'm also now commissioner of the uh <laughs> the league so i've gone from quitting to now running the show so that's um i don't know if that says more about me or or what but uh yeah real 180 yeah uh, hopefully the commissioning job is a bit less work than the podcast but uh potentially yeah <laughs> we'll see how we get through the preseason. but uh i'm happy to rule with an iron fist uh so no back in the fold there and then yeah obviously christmas all that kind of period has been manic uh daughter's first birthday and i've decided to move in that time too so it's uh it's all been happening hef so this has been a nice little uh you know time out from from a busy life schedule it has been a yeah busy couple of weeks um your daughter's birthday her little smile when we sang happy birthday was absolutely priceless yeah, she loves she, she loves people clapping at her, so <laughs> she's obviously my daughter yeah. it was good fun um anyway well i guess we probably should talk about this uh we made a trade we did. On, on the other week, so. Maybe the first time ever. No, not the first time. Oh, that's right. The first time it was Tom Jonas for Marcus Bontempelli. We made a few. And th- oh, this is another bad one that's in your favour. I traded Dunkley in his second year for Goddard. That's right. Which won me a flag. That's right. Because Dunkley went huge on grand final weekend. Mm-hmm. But, you know, set and, you know, happy to have the flag in the bank, but I was pretty sad about that. So, you tend to win most of our trades, guys. Mm, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> you're just trying to you're trying to get yourself out of a jinx. But, uh, <laughs> yes, we did. You uh, traded me. <laughs> Uh, Will Day, who I was just kind of like, oh, I'm happy to have a look at him as a defender. And then uh, Hawthorne's social media, I don't know if you saw it today or yesterday, every, they kind of like interviewed all the Hawthorne blokes and like, who's going to be the guy who like goes bananas oh, this year? Will Day? And they're all like, Will Day, Will yeah, Day, nice, full nice. preseason for Will Day. And I'm like, oh, hang on, I might have actually gone all right here. I think you've definitely won the trade long term. Absolutely no question. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I just needed a bit of yeah. a refresh of my, my list, um, yeah. you know. I will explain. We don't think we actually explain it to the listeners, but it was Will Day and Dill Stevens yep. for Daniel Rich and Dyson Heppel. Mm-hmm. Now, neither of those guys, they were on the verge of my best 16, but they kind of weren't quite there because I do have quite a deep list and mm-hmm. with some position things that are going on in our league that I have to keep some extra positions. So, they weren't going to make my best 22. So, um, I just needed – I wanted the best scorers for this year because I think I'm kind of in the window – I'm probably You're definitely in the window. Of, get a bit too far ahead of myself. There's three You'd be of, very close to premiership favourite this year. There's three or four good teams. I reckon I'm, I finished close. top four last year. So, um, yeah, like it's a, it's a, it's around the mark. So, it's about time to start making a few moves to try to climb good. the ranks a little bit. I like so, this. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think it's a fairly even trade. And I think, like, long-term you win, short-term I think I win just. Yeah. 
I, but I didn't care about this year. I'm, so. I'm more than happy with it. I um I was probably going to keep one of Heppel or Rich, like because my backline's not too bad. So, yeah. um, happy to part ways with one, and I'm pretty sure you're probably going to keep one to list one as well. So it's yeah, exactly. almost pretty similar. So yeah, Hopefully, I just a uh, little bit of rejuvenation in my side, and you know, never know. All right, but we're not talking about our teams tonight. We're talking about the Collingwood Magpies. Yeah. Um, fantasy wise, they're not the most fantasy friendly team anymore. So we've got to. I know my brain often goes like you know think you know think of Tom Mitchell coming in, you go well, this is going to be a fantasy fantasy feast because mm. my brain just goes back to old Collingwood, but Dane it's Swan not State. really the way it could be. But we'll have to wait and see. No, they're playing a bloody good brand of football under yeah. Craig McRae. Way uh, more defensive, way more contested, but also way more wins. I just so. find it funny that you've gone out to basically everyone in the Twitter sphere and gone, all right, you're a Crow supporter, you're a Brisbane supporter, <laughs> come on the podcast. There's obviously either no Collingwood supporters out there who are in the kind of podcast world or yeah. you just respect my fantasy advice so much a, that you come in, you just I, bring me an oh, Essendon supporter in to talk about Collingwood. I did need to find a I didn't need to find a place to bring you in, but also, yeah, like in, in the fantasy world, like in the fantasy stratosphere, in, there's not a lot of there's no real Collingwood supporters I could think of. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm missing someone and offending someone by saying that. But I racked my brain hard and I couldn't find any. But also we need to get you in somewhere. It's true. I've got another guest for Essendon, so I couldn't get you on there. Big name guest. Yes. So yeah. Big, big name guest. Big man guest. So, Basically, uh, the only bloke who would actually knock me off. <laughs> I'm actually quite happy about that because usually for the podcast for the past four years, it's always been me talking about every SNN game for like four yeah. years. So I'm actually Good to interested to uh, yeah hear this guy's right, cool. take. So on we the won't dons. give away the guest. You have to wait uh, mm-hmm. for Wednesday's episode when this comes out. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, look forward to that one. That's for sure. All right, uh, this season we're doing a few things a bit differently. We're separating players into undervalued breakout contenders and stash options. So the first one on the list is Braden Maynard. So he only averaged seventy two point four last season, uh, coming off really a breakout year in twenty twenty one, averaging eighty one point five. Um, the reason for this decline was basically being forced to play as like a key slash lockdown defender. Basically, it was a fullback most of the time, playing on whoever was in the full forward position. Um, if key positions players can remain fit around him, then I think he can bounce back to being an 80-plus averaging defender. Do you, What do you think, Case? Yeah, obviously, uh, you're a big Braden Maynard fan. Um, I was just looking through some of the stats in uh, anticipation for tonight. Kind of crazy. He only scored one ton last year and five that year before. So, just, you know, that 2021, he was really starting to have some of those games where you're like, he was getting off the chain and getting some really cheap ball across halfback. So, uh, you know, new coach in, a few things different. You know, they're talking about him potentially being their their next captain. So, um, look, I think, I think he could continue to grow a touch, but it's going to be around that game style. And I suppose what we've seen from McRae, um, I think it's probably what we can get from Maynard. So, what, at, at 70 to whatever it was last year. Yeah. Um, I think he can push around mid-70s. I think I still think he's a keeper in most sides. The issue that happened today was um, Nathan Kruger um, was seen at training with his arm in a sling. So, again, I was talking about tall guys, tall guys staying yep. fit around him. That's not a good start, but still a long way to the season. So, And and he was known world beater. He was more than serviceable, I thought, and then got rid of Jack Madgen as well, who can play that kind of lockdown tall as well. So, yeah. um, you know, if you're talking about blokes who can come in and play that defensive role, I suppose that's two guys down now uh, in that Ooh. in that area. Yeah, it's an iffy one. He's a keeper. He's in my side. He's a keeper in my side because if you, when we saw the back end of the season, when he did get freed up a bit, he was actually quite good and he actually went to a few CBAs and stuff towards the end of the season. Mm. So, I think they found the they re- kind of realised that they're kind of taking more away from him, playing him in that role. So, yeah. We'll move on though. Um, 
the undervalued. Jamie Elliott is undervalued every year. <laughs> By no means an elite scorer, but he's one of our keeper league guys. Like we used to talk about the guys who would be on the keeper league video game cover. Yep, he would Jamie be on the, Elliott. He'd be one of the guys on the cover contender. Um, just a handy contributor to your team. Plays up forward with stints in the midfield every now and then. Consistently gets um, scores in the 70s. I guess the only issue is Dacos is likely to run through the middle. Mitchell's um, coming to the side, likely mm. to run through the middle. Does yep. that kill his midfield minutes and he's solely a forward now? Potentially interesting what they do with Dugowie. I think like they're the two guys in my mind who can just kind of switch mm. and, um, you know, they've both got that explosive burst speed out the packs and, and stuff. I, I still think they'll throw some some CBAs to to um, Jamie Elliott when they need to try something different in that midfield. So, um, yeah, I think I'm actually quite keen on Elliott again. Like he's 30. You know, we've seen guys at that age, you know, just really come into their game and the key to him is if he stays fit. Like, if he can play 20 games for you this season, yeah. he's going to be really good, you know, F3, F4 at, at worst. But, um, you know, it's just if his body can be right, I think that's the biggest knock on, on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm hoping, I'm expecting around the 70 kind of average, but like consistent 70s as well. So, yeah. And this year, it feels that forwards are Fourth. more thin than ever. Yeah, so, so, like, you know, he's someone who's getting who kept can, in LE. We know for a fact oh, that he's getting kept in LE. Yeah, yeah. No worries. So. And I'd be keeping him if I had him. So, yeah. uh, totally, totally think he's in for a decent season. On to the breakout contenders. Um, really like this player. Have been on his kind of team since uh, he's been drafted, and that's Trent Bianco. He's coming into his fourth season at AFL level um, after you know finding his place in the best 22 um, in 2022. He played finals um, for Collingwood, so that's a really good indicator. Um, pretty versatile player. Got a good leg. Can play a variety of roles as well. He's listed as a forward in 2023, but I think he could find himself on a wing or halfback flank. He's that type of player and got a good leg that they want to trust and kind of use him to distribute the ball, I think. I'm really unsure of his ceiling, but I know he had a good um, junior pedigree from memory. Given his forward status, I think he's one worth looking at. What do you reckon? Uh, as a forward, yes. Um, I was kind of a bit disappointed in him when he came into the, the AFL side last year. Like um, looking back through some of his, his VFL stats, he, he averaged 82 in the VFL, you know, put up a few games around that 100 mark and um, especially final. I think he played a final and knocked out a ton there too. So he can play that fantasy friendly game. It's just where that sits in the Collingwood side. I'm not too sure. You know, like we've got, you know, some of the guys we're going to talk about later, you know, your Carl Michaels um, who've, you know, kind of come from nowhere, you know, the development of both Dacos guys, um, I'm just a little bit worried about if he's ever going to have that real meaty role, especially with guys like Sidebottom hanging on, yeah. Pendlebury hanging on. Maybe not this year, but I reckon potentially uh, 2024 with, um, you know, I think the wing might suit him perfectly and, yeah, and you just need yeah. Sidebottom to move out of that spot. But, yeah. you know, he had a really good season last year, um, Sidebottom, so it's hard to see him, you know, really drop off the cliff. And, and I doubt if Collingwood are in that window that they're just going to get rid of a, a classy player like him. Well, you mentioned Josh Carmichael in that spiel. Um He's one I've actually chucked in the breakout contenders because being a mid-season draftee and he's on a year-and-a-half contract type thing, mm -hmm. he needs to break out this year if yeah. he's going to keep his contract. So, yeah, not really sure where to push him, but put him. But because of that, I don't think he's a stash option because, you know, if he doesn't do anything this year, if he doesn't break out, then he's not going to be a stash option. So, I guess the issue is can he, can he cement a spot on the side and can it be a position that makes him a fantasy-friendly player? So, in a sample, we averaged 105, midfield role. Um, when he played for Collingwood, it was more as a forward. In in, in that big game, the way mm. he scored like 100-plus, whatever, I don't think he even had a CBA in that game. It was mainly off – he ran, pushed up to the contest and stuff mm. off the forward line and things like that. So, he's not the best user of a ball, but of the ball. But the interesting thing is he is a forward in fantasy. Yep. And was a sample, you know, reserves fantasy beast. Yeah. 
what do you reckon? Will you, he's, if you were drafting him, where would you take him? What's the go uh, with him? If if we were tossing up between Bianco and Carmichael, I'd be going Carmichael. Okay. Um, Even if Car- Bianco is more of a chance to be in the best 22? I think it's borderline. And, like, I think what Carmichael did late into that season was pretty impressive, like, from a, you know, literally a guy off the street in a way yeah, yeah. Um, without any, you know, AFL pre-season behind his back. But I like his actual proven um, stats scoring-wise at, you know, at that VFL, SNFL level. Like he played five games in the VFL last year for three tons. Um, and his SNFL's numbers are kind of crazy. He started the year off with a 79 of 59, then went 135, 102, 107, 163. Yeah, the big numbers. And then 99, 98. So, like, for me, that's a guy who can genuinely put up big numbers. We've, we've seen a ceiling score there. Yeah. Um, so, I think from a pure fantasy point of view, I want Carmichael over Bianco. And I think from what I saw last year in Shades, I think that maybe Carmichael could be just that touch ahead of of Bianco. I will go back to it though. That's those VFL numbers and those Sanford numbers are playing midfield. Yeah. So you're saying you think he will get a midfield role at Collingwood? I think he's more likely to have a role full stop at Collingwood. Okay. I see. I see him as kind of like the midfielder come forward because you can't fit him in, in anywhere else. Whereas I see someone like Bianco, who's actually in like a pretty good use of the ball, could be like a full time wingman at some stage when you know someone like Sidebottom moves yeah, out, like you said. I think this could be a real real fight for a best twenty two spot between these two guys. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Probably play, probably competing for different spots, but yeah, you know, I know what you mean. Like, there's in limited that, spots in that, yeah, squad, in that team. Yeah. yeah. Just interrupting the podcast to bring you a special message from our friends at Manscaped. Uh, it's a new year; the ball has officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing the sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code KEEPER20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's KEEPER20 for 20% off and free shipping. Let us have a toast for a new year, new you, and a new you with no pubes. Um, we'll move on to the stash options. Um, my first one is Finn McRae. So I just don't think he can squeeze into Collingwood's midfield next season. Um, but he's had a good year in the VFL. Averaged 91.8 back there. Had some big games in terms of AFL fantasy scoring as well. Mm-hmm. Only could get two games at AFL level and was largely ineffective. He'll struggle to get game time, but I think he's just one. He's a McRae, so you've got to keep your eye on him for the future, mm-hmm. I think, um, if his brother's anything to go by. Plus, he kind of does show similar traits, just kind of seems like a few years behind, that's all. Well, if we're going to find out, it's his third year this year, Heff, and we know what that means. So, <laughs> Guaranteed breakout. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sitting, should have had him in the breakout Sitting options. behind me with the pipes there. I need to, but, I need to um, rotate these pitches. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? Look, yeah, his, his VFL numbers are really solid. Um, you know, lots of scores just in and around that, you know, low 100s, which is which is really good. Um, there's obviously some issues around his body because that's what's been coming out a bit through yeah, his true. preseason that yeah. he hasn't been really on the track that much. So that might be a big wait and watch. Um, is there something wrong with his foot or leg or something? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure what it is, but I know yeah. that he's missed a lot of preseason. So um, as you said, he's McRae. It's kind of in their, in their blood that they just can junk it up. Look from the from the small bits that we've seen in his you know eleven games whatever he's played this year uh, sorry in his career I should say um, there's some of that you know there's some of the signs there and um, he's probably one of those guys that passes the eye test you know reasonably well so he has a stress related back issue uh, from December last year load being managed Hang on, is that yet to resume running yeah it looks like it oh that is 
alarm bell oh, sorry, with my friend. To resume running in the coming weeks. Yeah. So that's, that's why I've got him as a stash anyway. You can. That's another reason why not to pick him this year. Mm. So, um, yeah. Approach with caution in 2023. Uh, Arlo Draper is another stash option I've got there. Um, a long way off cementing a spot in the best 22 or anything like that. But classy player. Can play in the midfield or off halfback flank. Um, good underage fantasy scorer. Averaging 100 uh, 101.8 in the Sanford under 18s. Mm-hmm. Put up a few decent scores in the VFL throughout yep. 2022 as well. Um, draft him late or in your rookie list if you play that way like we do. Um, and we'll hope for a 2024, 2025 type breakout, I think. But stash option there. Uh, yeah, probably haven't necessarily hit those heights at VFL level, but first-year player. Yeah. I'm happy to give him a bit of a leeway, but um, I think he's a defender in, in fantasy this year too, yeah. I think. So I think that's, you too, know, yeah. always he handy. Is, he is actually. Always handy to, um, you know, have a, a guy who has shown some signs with, you know, some status that's not just mid only. But then he'll play VFL and probably lose it like Tom Phillips did for North Melbourne, but we won't talk about that one. Mm. Was it Phillips? Sorry, Will Phillips. Will Phillips. Will Phillips. Sorry, yeah, Phillips mid only. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, Kays, anyone I've missed? Well, I'll start off, you know, we've briefly touched on, I'm sure you've touched on a bit with the other guests you've had. Forwards are very light on this year. And I think uh, for me, I'd just like to have a look at Dan McStay. Um, I know you hate key forwards, hey, but mate, I think I it's think, the year of the key forwards. I think it's I think it's my duty to talk about key forwards on this podcast because you won't. But uh, if you're saying it's the year of the key forwards, <laughs> shit, the apocalypse <laughs> is coming. We're everyone, have to use them. there's one in um, in keeper potential for my team. Is there really? Yeah, mm, I place, can't wait to look at this later. Plays for St Kilda. Uh, I love him. Don't know. Tim Memberberries. Oh, yeah. He's a no, 70, look, 75 average. That's going to that's yeah. gonna get you some good scores this year. Yeah, so, exactly. I think, um, you know, McStay for me personally, it's going to be hard to see Mason Cox play, I reckon. I reckon McStay is going to come in and take that. And and when Oscar McInerney went down for Brisbane last year, McStay showed he, he is capable enough to be that that pinch hit ruckman. I also think that Collingwood's game style probably suits McStay. He'll be able to get up the ground a bit more than what he did, um, I suppose, at, at – um, Brisbane where he had to share that focus with yeah. with Danaher. So I think um he'll kind of have the forward line to himself, which which is a bit more positive. And I suppose the other guy I want to touch on, you know, not Oh sorry, from- we just keep on McStay for yeah, a second. Just a, just a just kind of a few counter arguments, I guess. Now yes. and I'm I am i am not neither here nor there. I don't really mm. know and I'm looking forward to this season. But the mm. thing I'm considering is was McStay a reasonably handy score out of Brisbane because he was the third target. He wasn't yep. didn't have the two best defenders playing on him. Usually mm. had the third one. So did that help him? But also as well, we know that ruck forwards are a myth. They are the worst. So we don't want them in the ruck. Uh, so that's a real red flag. He didn't really hit that, have that many hit outs. He, he had you know five or six. He a had game. an awesome game where he was the number one ruck because yeah. um, uh, McInerney went down. Mm. But uh, like yes, he is the pinch hitter. But no, I know what you mean. Like he does score pretty well, but I'm just that's just my devil's advocate. I love it. He takes a good grab. Yeah. You know, like I think he's a real plus six kind of operator, which, if which saying, I like. If you're saying Cox isn't going to play, I think they ruck in tandem because that's what they did in the finals. Even though McStay is there, I think they kind of just want extra height or maybe even someone to stay home yeah. and be a key forward for, for good type thing. Um, like if, but say if, let's say if Cox isn't playing, then does he take the number one defender and that really hurts him more? You know, like I know Grundy was the Rutman, but they got through most of last season with him. But like, can you really see them play like Cox, um, Cameron, uh, what's his name? Uh, Myacek and McStay. I, like, oh, that's, that's kind I can because Myacek's not super tall. He's kind of like that hybrid in between. I can see him playing all three and I can see them playing Cox as the backup, but then McStay as a stay-at-home key forward, which I like him better for that, to be honest. Well, I think that Mychek's not as mobile as McStay, personally. Yeah, okay. So, I think yeah. McStay could be that, you know, Taylor Walker lead-up style, you know, centre-half forward. 
yeah, you know, potentially. That's that's where I'm kind of envisioning. Yeah, I don't know the answer, so I'm just gonna have to wait and see what happens. But yeah, it's it's just a few things to think about when you are drafting him. That's all. Um, I suppose the last one, Hef, it would be remiss of me not to talk about the biggest crime of fantasy in 2023. <laughs> oh. Jordan Dugowie losing forward status. Are we re- revisiting your argue with Frico on Twitter. I convincingly won that argument, <laughs> and I won't have it any other way. But look, being a keeper league, um, you know me included, who was now a former owner of. Um, Jordan Dugowie, you know, losing forward status is a huge killer for him. So, 79 average last year, only the two tons. His best career average year has been 84. Like, you can't keep someone like that as a midfielder, I don't think, especially with someone who scores so, you know, sporadically as as Dugowie does. Yes, he'll get you a few hundreds, but there's games of, you know, 37, 63, 56 in there, you know, off 95%, 80% game time. Like, He's a liability as a as a mid only, and I think the only reason you can get to hold him, unless you're in like a really you know deep league where you only delist a few people, is on the hope that he's going to get forward status back. Now, from what we've learned from Frico in the last couple of months, like, do you actually see that happening? Um, yeah, that's the thing. Well, I think with Mitchell coming in, um, I guess if Taylor Adams can remain fit, uh, Dacos looks like he's going to play in the midfield. But the thing that is, might push the goal is actually such a great CBA. Like, yeah, that's why that's why I don't get it because. Dugowie is literally forward, but they just started him in the centre bounces and then he'd just drift forward. Like, he actually never was really a midfielder as such. He was a centre bounce attendee. No, he was in a, he wasn't forward, away because there was periods. Not as we, much yeah. as a pure midfielder. Though. No, you're right. He does split between forward and midfield. But mm. it's a hard thing, the position changes, purely because, like, you look at the, if you go to a game of footy, it's very hard to see on TV. But if you're at oh, the, they cover if, so much ground. If you're at the game, yeah. every player is within the in, within they're, the line. They're, they're all like, midfielder. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the one kind of consistent <clears> way with a 66 <clears> and you can actually – Look at where they start and but actually make that. More, more my point is that Dugowie's point of difference is how good he is out of the centre bounce in terms of the speed, the burst, the extraction. Like he's actually elite at at, yeah. at, at clearances. So I know you kind of want him to get CBAs and stay in sorts. We're kind of getting sidetracked, but I think he does get DPP later on. And I think to be honest, like he'll be an eighty average around that mark, mm. eighty average. Like how good's your midfield? Like if you're dropping an eighty in your you know your F, your mid seven, mid six kind of. Rolls. Mm, I don't know. Do you want me to look at my midfield? <laughs> well, yeah, it's probably a lot better than mine. I don't mine's all right this year. But mm-hmm. um But yeah, like, all right, like so if we we play in like my team, just to literally bring it up. Yeah, yeah. Like are you starting to go in the middle over McRae, no. Parker, Lyons, Mills, Keys, Boke? Lyons is gone. Like yeah, he's got all right, we'll take yeah, him out. Yeah. But Parker, Mills, Keys, Boke, even like you could throw in who else is old that was injured late in the season? I reckon him and Boke will be similar this year, around that a similar mark, just given Boke's age. Sure, and like, but that's I, I, I and has a future more upside in the future. Yeah, I don't, so. I don't disagree there. But like, yeah. he's kind of gone from being a you know top ten forward to being a yeah top hundred mid, yeah. and that's and yeah. I think that's where you kind of really lose out with someone like him. Who's, I agree. Yeah, um, and then you know on the flip side, you see these Isaac Smiths who are bas- they've basically swapped. You know, like. Isaac Smith just being a run of the mill eighty midfielder now he's a mid forward yeah, and yeah. like he could be a top ten so yeah next year um, the will be that eighty forward again I reckon so like I reckon he's hold on hope for that DPP hopefully he gets it back but still won't be your worst midfielder in most sides in most sides probably I've got, not I'm high, I'm I'm keeping Caldwell like and I, he's gonna look like he's gonna play as a tagger Man, I'd rather I still have, think there's a trade upside <laughs> I don't have him anymore oh dude you traded with I traded uh, to go out for James Harms and Jack Gunston oh that's right you did too so I needed I just, well my forward line is absolute pus <laughs> needed so some forwards I needed some forwards desperately no, I guess he's someone and you I probably still up. need some forwards desperately he's so. one you can give up anyway uh, well thanks some gold members in the middle of the show here we've been doing it at the start lately but uh, in the middle of the show here thank you to Rory O'Brien Jake Thresher James Brennan uh, 
Andrew Gottlesbin, uh, Toby Brandenburg, Danny Haggerty, Peter Kendall, Carla Copeland, Mike Warren, Warren sorry, and Tonchi Masadesic. That's a yeah, tricky list, that one, but I got through it. Um, but yeah, if you are keen to support this podcast, please sign up as a member. Uh, we'll have some rankings up in early February, I think. By I should looks. probably get started on that. Yeah, same. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's probably why we'll keep <laughs> pushing it back until we get them done. But they'll be, nah, early February is the deadline for defenders. So um, I think the first week we'll try to get them up there. Uh, also got the drafty analysis guide, the drafty analysis podcast. We've got the breakout tracker. We've got a spreadsheet up already with another one coming soon. So yes, plenty of resources there. And then throughout the year, there's lots of stuff too. So make sure you're a member so you're not missing out on those resources, but also the satisfaction that you're supporting this fantastic podcast. Supporting Studio Hack. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll get into some listener questions. So, uh, Ninja Spoon One asks, uh, who is next in line if Cameron and Cox are out in the ruck? Looking at waiver stash options if injury news comes out. Well, we mentioned McStay would probably be the option after that. I don't even know who's on their list. Well, Aiden Begg's the other That's guy. That's right. And, is but too. like he was, he's pretty raw. And yeah. They played looking, him and he was a bit useless, wasn't he? Yeah, it was a bit of a, not it wasn't the worst, but like, yeah, like yeah. if you look at his um, VFL numbers, played 12 games, averaged uh, 60 points a game and only averaged 15 hit outs a game. Yeah. And we know like it's pretty easy to win hit outs in the VFL, like if you're in yeah, half yeah. good, you know? So yep. um, it's Run almost a bit that. interesting that they didn't try and replace or get another, you know, cheapy ruckman in. Yeah. Um, in the preseason. Well, I guess they got three genuine. You'd call Cox genuine, I guess. And then yeah. you've got McStay to back up if four go down. Yeah. But like he, a lot's resting on Darcy Cameron this year. Yeah, exactly. Like Mason, like there'll be people who get rid of Mason Cox and Mason Cox end you know, up being incredibly valuable. Like if he, he could be, yeah, he so could be this year's, Cameron goes he down could be this year's Darcy Cameron. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, <laughs> could be actually, you yeah. know, where Darcy Cameron would have gone undrafted in so many leagues. And yeah. then, don't you know, know if he's got the athletic prowess to go no, but he's going as much. But, but he's still, he'd still be a serviceable Ruckman if you needed, you know, break emergency style thing. I think I ended the year with maybe a Chol in a final as yeah. my Ruckman. Cause that's all that's went down. Yeah. But I think Aiden Begg, if you're looking at that, you know, third genuine Ruckman, I think he, he's the one, but I actually think that the, the, the Collingwood squad's kind of one, Genuine ruck let, uh, run. Sorry, one genuine ruck short. All right, Simon Evans seventy six asks: Do you see Josh Carmichael being the Pies' best twenty two this year? We've already kind of covered this, haven't we? Um, you so say, I'm team yes, and I'm team no at the start, but potential to move in once there's an injury or two. That's my take. Um, she Perez um, is Tay La Adams cooked. What do you think? Probably. I think he still gets you like, again, kind of like the goey. We'll round out your midfield with an 80 or something like that if he stays fit. But he's always injured, isn't he? He's always injured. Like uh, I heard you talking to, to Tom on the, the Crows pod, you know, like he's in this like Rory Sloan era of his yeah. his life where it's just like, hey, he'll play and he'll probably score you all right. But like he's every chance to do his string, you know, the next week or something like that. It's, um, yeah, he's only 29. So it's just not, body's so banged yeah, up. Yeah, that's like, it. He's got the body of a 35-year-old. Yeah, that's the thing. yeah. Uh, he's been a... You know, at the top of his game, he was a sensational, you know, fantasy yeah. player. But unfortunately, he's just. Um, oh, I think yeah. there's personally, I think there's some value there. Perhaps if you had the balls, you had to take a lot of balls, but you could get him cheap in a trade. Totally, for someone you could and, totally get and him cheap. Could in get a you trade. an eighty to ninety average when he's on the park type thing. So he's going to be one to watch the preseason, just that he's getting through it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, at Bego nine eight eight zero, what are your thoughts on Josh Dacos in twenty three? Uh, does he build another strong year, and does he average eighty five plus? So he averaged seventy eight last year. Yeah. Last five average of eighty seven. Put out a one twenty five in the the final game of the year in the grand final. I think that really dug the knife into me late too. <laughs> um, bringing up some bad memories. What he four four tons? Yeah, look, he's 
for me, he's always going to be on that wing, and and that wing role is, you know, he did. Um, from memory, he did boost his CBAs late, late? in okay. the year. I believe um, you on that. Yeah, so I can get it up very quickly. But I'm pretty sure he did go into the inside, and that kind of is the reasoning for some of his better scoring towards the end. And it actually looked like he was a player that they were going to roll with um, mm. in the in the CBAs a lot. And then in the preseason, you have a few midfield additions, and oh, sorry, you have one midfield addition. Yeah, last few games he had up, didn't have he had zero percent up until. Round 17. Uh, mm. And then from round 18, it was 16%, 23%, 26%, 41%, 52%, 20, uh, 36% round 23. Um, didn't have any. I'm not sure if he missed the game, but didn't have anything the first week of finals. But still had the round the 20% in the semifinals, so, 25 in the prelim. So for 21, 22, 23, Taylor Adams missed those games yep. for reference. Yep. And they've obviously brought in Tom Mitchell, who really can only yep. play CBAs. So that's probably where I don't see, yeah. you know, like- I 100% agree. They're, they're yeah. set there in terms of, you know, crisps rolling through. They're going to start. Yeah. You know, they're going to throw some CBAs to the goalie. Maybe Elliot, like, I he's think- probably won that. He's got his role set and what he does, you know, when he plays a great game on the wing, Colin would usually win. So, yeah. his outside, you know, run and, and, yeah. and tank is is elite. Yeah. And, yeah, I think he they need him on the outside as well. And especially yeah, if his brother goes in the middle, Mitchell comes in, he goes back out to that wing. Still think it's an 80 average. Like, I don't think it's anything to do. No, no, yeah. But he's just one of those guys yeah. who just fills in your, your M, M5, 6, yeah, yeah. 7s kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Correct. You're, you're gen- most people generally have a winger. And that yeah. kind of role, you know, you yeah. got Jared Berry, you Carl Amon, you got you know, players yeah. like that that are kind totally. of rounding out your, totally. your teams. Anyway. And they'll have some good games. And the good thing about Dacos is he never really puts in a bad game. Yeah. Like it's just, he's actually got a really good floor. It's just that you're not getting those big, yeah, high you know, ceiling games. big 120s all the time. All right. That's a wrap for this week. Thank you very much, Kays, for taking some time out of your day and joining us on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. Well, listeners can probably expect to hear uh, probably monthly going forward. Monthly going forward. We're going to do, we've seen some rank shows as yeah, well, which I'll be involved stuff. in. And, uh, and some- yeah, in season probably once a month. And, and some articles here and there too. Yep. Yeah. So I'll be around the place. So You won't miss him too much, guys. No. And if you want to abuse here. me, just you know, abuse me on Twitter. <laughs> you know where he's at. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, that's a wrap. So follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, at Keeper League Pod. Uh, also sign up as a member to support the show. Also. Got one more thing to say. Have you been yep. warming up your hamstrings? Uh, I have actually but for the for the marmalade talk competition yeah, that's yeah. apparently happening yeah we're just waiting for a date from checkers to get it all happening but yeah it should be pretty fun to actually kick a few torps i'm gonna have to really like i've got some real issues with my quad so i'm gonna have to <laughs> deep heat the shit out of that before i uh, try and unload a few barrels this may be the most kind of like um the talk video that's been taken the serious most seriously totally up, i reckon totally so, i'm yeah. gonna get footy and go into training look out for that on the socials when it happens so yeah anyways uh thanks listeners thank you k's and talk to you soon see you guys